This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final hour of the Lake Show at the uh, the Minnesota State Fair. Thanks for hanging out the last couple of hours. One final hour left. You know, it's it's amazing how we come out here every year, right? And we we love our food and our fun and our drinks and the rides and all of that stuff. But the Minnesota State Fair isn't just a place where you um you go and you get on the rides or you partake in the food, but they're actually, it, it's, it's been a place where dreams come true. And people make, seriously, people make names for themselves. And I have a great relationship with our next guest. Her name is Tina Rexing. She's the owner of T-Rex Cookies. And she started right here at the Minnesota State Fair. First off, Tina, thank you so much for being my friend helping me with so many different things that I do to try to get back in the community with Boulder Options and the cookie that we partnered on doing. But um, thanks for coming out and hanging out here tonight. Thanks for having me. This is, this is so exciting. I'm this, so excited to be here. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. All right, and so I, I have to start this interview with, because it's funny, like I'm talking to Tina and we're right next to Sweet Martha's. <laughs> I know Hi, they're like, <laughs> you love Sweet Martha. We all love Sweet Martha's. But you got your start here. Talk about how T-Rex Cookies started. So I used to compete. Um, I was a competitive baker for 17 years over at the Creative Activities Building. And during the competition years, I would always test the recipes on all of my employees and all the people that I worked with um, in corporate America. So I worked for Target. I worked for Northwest Airlines way back when. But I would always test my, my competition recipes on those folks before I would be in competition okay. here. And then, you And know, this is a yearly competition at the fair. Yeah, so I competed for 17 years. Okay. And then I decided to leave my job and start the company and use those recipes that I practiced here at the fair. All right, so hold on. Let me, let's go back a ways. So let's go, to, let's go to year one. 
did year one were people like, okay, you've got something here? Or did it take some time for you to kind of perfect your craft and, and then people eventually after a couple of years were like, oh, Tina, you're on to something? No, year one I made pies. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I made a couple cookies in year two. I didn't know this. She never told me about the pies. You never asked. No, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so I actually <laughs> would make pies. I would make breads. I would make cakes. And then I would make cookies. But people were like, why aren't you doing this for a living instead of, like, working in corporate? And the answer was always, yeah, my husband wouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> I can say that because he's sitting right there. Um, but... At the same time, I'm like, well, this is a hobby. What happens when you turn your hobby into a job? It's kind of scary because then, you know, you might hate it, right? Yeah. So it, it was years of testing recipes on people before I actually launched the company, really. Wow. That's, that's I mean, and look, trial and error. Like, that, that's how you figure out, like, when you're going to become great. Like, because a lot of people, they got to work through a few things, kind of iron out the kinks yep. to, to make sure that their product is the best product that it's going to be. Real quickly, I, I do want to say this because I know that there are people in the crowd and you're listening and the Gophers, they just kicked off the game against New Mexico State. Very first play for New Mexico State, they throw an interception. So Jerry Kill's already off to a bad night. Already off to a bad night. Anyway, all right, so you're doing the competitions. You said 17 years? 17 years of competition. 17 years, and then talk about the transition from, like, what was it in year 17 that said, let's go ahead and make the leap? Let's try to make this an actual thing. Well, the State Fair actually has a rule that once you become a professional baker, you cannot compete anymore. And so when I started the company in 2014, no, 2015, um, I basically couldn't compete anymore because my primary income at that point was baking. So um, year 17, I pretty much said to all my people that were my guinea pigs, and like, okay, you guys have to buy my stuff now. You don't get my stuff for free anymore. Because I would always test stuff for them, you know, and try my recipes out. Okay, all right. Yeah. And so so then, but at the same time, you were still working in corporate America. Yeah, and I decided to quit. I had, like, a really bad day. Talk about that. So I had a really bad day in one of my jobs, and I said, you know what, I'm done here. It was my birthday. Um, I won't mention the company I was with at the time. You quit on your birthday? I quit on my birthday. It was, like, wow. my birthday gift to myself. And I How quit. did Brian feel about that? I can't use those words on air. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but basically, I quit. I said, hey, dude, I quit my job. I don't have any plans. Um, but basically, I, I sat around for a while kind of thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. I was having a midlife crisis, really. I got you. And I, uh, I wrote a business plan. I said, I'm going to sell these cookies that I've been practicing at the state fair, and I'll sell them at a farmer's market. You know, and then I started selling them May of 2015, and next thing I know, um, I landed on the Today Show eight months later, and so that kind of changed the trajectory of the company completely. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was just kind of history. After that, I ended up at U.S. Bank Stadium selling cookies there. Um, how did the, how did let me tell, hold on? Yeah. How did the Today Show? How did that come about? Well, I use social media a lot. As a small business owner, if you're not using social media, you're kind of dead in the water. You're so, doing it wrong. Yep. Right. So a lot of my followers actually voted for me as the best cookie in Minnesota. No offense, Martha. But, <laughs> wow. Uh, a little shot there. And they asked me, say, hey, you were voted best cookie in Minnesota. You want to come out and talk about it in New York? So, yeah, I bought a plane ticket, flew out there, and talked about my cookie. And next thing you know, I'm... In the U.S. Bank Stadium selling cookies. And, and that was the story that I saw. So when I saw that story, um, I wasn't even living here at the time. 
I was still in Kansas City, but you had known, uh, knew of me from my K-Fan days, and we had a mutual yep. friend in terms of Jeff Munichie with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I, I wasn't even here. And then I think that I stopped in one time. We met over at the shop. We hit it off. The, the cookies were amazing. Actually, before I came here for the – you sent me cookies. Yep, marketing. Yeah, you cookies. sent me some yeah. – and I fell in love with the cookies immediately. Right. That's awesome. We're How talking- could you not? How could you not? They're huge. Well, th- this is the thing that I love about you, Tina, is one of the things that sets you apart is the flair, the personality, um, because this business is not easy. Like, it, 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 it's a grind. Like, you are somebody that's always on the move. You're not just in your store or you're not just in Ridgedale Mall. You're not just at a farmer's market or whatever. Like, you're, you're everywhere. No, I think it's really, it's not very Minnesotan of people to talk about how good their product is. And I mm-hmm. think that's a little bit different from how I run my business is you have to, you have to pitch it. You have to market it because if you're not willing to love your own product, who, how does other, how are other people going to love it? So it's really important for, for any small business owner out there to really push your product on people because it shows them that you actually believe in it and you love what you're doing. And you got a great staff. You even have like... You put your sons to work. <laughs> I mean, one, one does it voluntarily, and the other one I kind of just make do. It. <laughs> you just make you yeah. just make him do it, right? right. What, what about the hubby? What about Brian? He's my he's my personal cheerleader, and and he sometimes he's a checkbook. <laughs> but does he ever make any drops? Does he ever make any deliveries? And the reason why I say that or ask that question is because he's never delivered a cookie to me. I think that should happen soon. Oh, well, I like visiting with you. That's why I dr- deliver to you. But, you know, he drives the food truck because I drive a Mini Cooper. Oh, and driving, she never told me that. Yeah, I drive a Mini Cooper, and driving a, the food truck actually scares the crap out of me. So uh-huh. I ask him to drive it. So he does He does play a role in the, in the, in the business. And he, he, and he has a day job. He says, I got a day job. He has a real <laughs> like job. Like, you don't have a day job. She, you guys got a family day job. <laughs> We're we're talking to Tina Rexing, owner of T-Rex Cookies, who got her start right here at the Minnesota State Fair, was participating in contests for 17 years, and then you just made a go of it. You hit it big. I I have to ask you, what does it feel like to walk into a store and see your product? It's super... I feel like I'm in a like Twilight Zone-ish. So when you say to walk in the store, let's just tell the listeners, well, you can find T-Rex cookie cookie dough now in the grocery store. So we did that because of COVID, right? Because I had to shut down my stores and I had to figure out like, how, how am I going to survive here? How, what, what's my pivot, you know? And so I pivoted into getting cookie dough into grocery stores and having all my customers kind of learn how to make a half pound cookie in your own oven. But walking into the store and seeing it on the shelves, seeing it on the end caps is, is, is really amazing. So a follow-up question to that is, did you pivot or did you do that because of the pandemic or was that the plan all the entire time? I did it because of the pandemic. Okay. Because I, I actually, I, I opened my second location in Ridgedale Mall on March 1st, 2020 talk about timing right and so and then i closed it 14 days later and you know as everyone was like locked up in their house the only people that timing right and so and then i closed it 14 days later and you know as everyone was like locked up in their house the only people that were actually 
open and making money were grocery stores. And so that's when I started like, you know, I think people can actually make these T-Rex cookies at home. Yeah. So I started testing it on my customers. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back because um, this next segment is a very, very special segment that I want people to hear um, with me and Tina because Tina, unfortunately, she lost her brother. Um, just a couple of years ago, August of, uh, of 2020, right? And there is something special coming out of that. We're trying to create some awareness around sudden cardiac awareness uh, with cardiac arrest, you know, and people having heart attacks. So uh, we'll get to that next. Tina Rexing, T-Rex Cookie, she's joining us here on The Lake Show. Crazy. We're talking Tina Rexing. She's a little crazy-ish, maybe. Not sure. Depends on the day. It <laughs> depends on the day. Uh, we're here at the uh, the Minnesota State Fair where she uh, she launched her cookie career, which is awesome, and she's doing a hell of a job, knocking out of the park with T Rex cookies. But one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you as well uh, for an additional segment is because you lost a loved one. You lost your younger brother, um, Carlo to cardiac arrest in August of 2020. Yeah. And you're going to miss him forever. I don't I'm not sure that I ever met your brother, but I feel like I know about him through you and he lives through you and you are somebody that wants people to be understanding and really help create awareness around cardiac arrest yes and i'm gonna uh, preface this um this discussion with the fact that my brother was actually the one that kind of pushed me to to launch t-rex cookie because he was always the entrepreneur of the family and i was like oh the i was the oldest and i was like i'm gonna do the practical thing and do corporate and make money and that's what i'm supposed to do but he was the middle child of like do what you love love what you do and actually when when we were like packing up a lot of his stuff and we saw in his journals he had a post-it that said do you love what you do and do what you love and I had that tattooed to my arm um, in his handwriting so he was always one he actually built my Facebook page and he built my my Instagram page before I even had the company because he knew that at some point this is what I was gonna do he believed in you yeah he believed in me more than I believed in me, <laughs> yep. right? Um, but he he passed away on August eighth of twenty twenty. Um, I got a, I re, you know how you like you remember where you are when yep. things happen. No question. Um, I was just leaving Starbucks and I got a phone call from my dad and my dad's like, Tina, it's an emergency. You know your brother is having a seizure and that's one of the interesting things about when you have cardiac arrest. People don't know if you're having a seizure or you don't know if you're... How to diagnose what's exactly. going on. Yeah, and, the symptoms. You know, we're in the middle of COVID, so people are like, do we give CPR? I'm not sure. Um, so he was actually playing pickleball with a bunch of people. There was like 40 people there, right? But people thought he was having a seizure, and they didn't perform CPR. Oh. And just knowing like what, what sudden cardiac arrest looks like... Um, you know what? In CPR these days, you do not give heart, um, not heart to heart, mouth to mouth anymore. You actually just pump the heart. Yep. And so just having awareness. The chest compressions. Yes. Just just make sure that you understand and you know what the symptoms are when someone, like, collapses. And, yeah, he um, he passed away. He was 44 years old. He had two little kids. He was married. Um, and it, that was, like, a really hard loss for me. Yeah. No, it's, it's got to be traumatizing to, to, to lose anyone that you're close to, let alone a younger sibling. Um, I saw this quote in a story from you, and it says, I have made it my mission to carry the torch 
of sudden cardiac awareness, heart health, and CPR education. The best way I can honor Carlo's memory is if I can prevent another family's pain and tragedy. Completely. And I think people, in addition to that, I think it's really important for people to, like, understand your own health. Because, you know, when we got the medical examiner's report back and we found out the best artery in his heart was 89% blocked. Mm. And I think that would have been caught had he gone to the doctor. And there's so many people out there that, oh, I don't want to go to the doctor because I don't know what the doctor is going to tell me. Right? I, of course, I'm talking Don't about... Don't be fearful of no, the doctor, yeah. I'm talking about this at the state fair as people like shoving corn dogs in their faces. <laughs> but after the state fair, really, go to the doctor, yeah. get your heart checked, get your cholesterol checked, because that little visit could tell you, you know, maybe you should, maybe you should have heart surgery. I don't know. But a lot of the symptoms that he was having, like reflux and heartburn, were actually symptoms of pre-cardiac arrest. So it's really important for people who are maybe thinking these are this is just indigestion, go to your doctor and don't be afraid to ask these questions. Uh, so so on that note, let me let me mention that cuz I think it's great that you brought it up. Because that's the truest thing that can be said in this specific segment about the just thinking it's indigestion or taking an anti-acid or Tums or whatever, right? Because that's what happened with Dark Star. I remember to this day, um, I remember getting the call that Dark Star had passed away. He was found in his uh, apartment right across from the Ridgedale Mall, right there in Minnetonka. And I remember going to Canterbury like the next day and just the feeling of all of us being shocked and surprised in the press box, right? Not just like we're processing it, right? And I know that there was the conversation about, you know how you know older guys are, right? Just tough it out. Rub some, rub some dirt on it, right? Just, just you know, pop a couple of – and it's just like the, the symptoms – being more aware and in tune with your body and not being afraid to go to the doctor. Look, I've got older, you know, uncles and, and relatives. They don't go to the doctor and get checked the way that they should. I've got a friend of mine that um, Ramsey County police officer who um, stage four prostate cancer. And he is on the road to recovery. But, man, he's been down a road. And I went to go visit him in a rehab facility a couple of months ago, and he said for, he was very thankful that I that I showed up and I was coming to see him. And I said, "Man, always, man. If you if you ever need anything, just let me know." But he said, "Henry, I just want to let you know one thing. Please go to your doctor. Please go get checked. Please go get a physical. Please." So I think that those days, I think we're getting better about it, right? Like with with all the health things that we've been dealing with, you know, the pandemic and all this stuff, whatever. But we're still not all the way there. So taking advantage of going to your doctor and checking yourself out is something that I just can't advocate enough for. And really understand what your family history is like. Because my father had triple bypass when he was 49. So if you know that's in your your genetic genetic history, then that's a sign, too, that you should go check it out. But, yeah, I'm going to miss him, and I miss him every day. And you know what's really cool is that he actually has a bench. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. Yeah, yep. he has a bench over at West End, and it has got his name on it, his picture on it. His name Wait, is here Col- at the at the fair? Here at the yeah. fair over mm-hmm. at the West End. She uh, said West End, and I'm thinking like St. Louis Park. No, actually, 
<laughs> it's over at, um, it's over by the Blue Barn. Okay. Um, and his name is on it. His photos on it. You know, find it, sit on it, take photos of it. Tag T Rex Cookie because Carla would have loved that. Um, he loved the fair. And I'm just going to have an extra Pronto Pup for him today. <laughs> yeah. Have a Pronto Pup for him. Let me ask you this. What was his favorite cookie? You're probably going to say he lo- he loved them all, but w- w- did he have a favorite? You know, his favorite cookie was the sea salt caramel chocolate chip. Okay. Uh, of, of T-Rex cookies. But you know what? He actually would always bring back um, sweet, sweet Martha's. Martha's for me. Of course. I'm getting a bucket once I leave. Right? Yeah, but you, know you have to. He was also the inventor of the T-Rex cookie bucket challenge. Did I tell you about that? No, you didn't. So he put it out there on social media that if you brought a bucket of t- of Sweet Martha's to T-Rex Cookie, we'd give you a cookie. Oh, wow. Just so you can, like, compare them. Wow. But That's something else. That's Carlo poking the bear. That's, po- that's him yeah. poking yeah. the bear. <laughs> yeah. All right, so so the last thing that I have for you, because I have had eh, more than a few of your cookies, right? You know what cookie I've never tried? Because I'm not sure if I've ever seen it. What's is this that? a basic oatmeal raisin? I call that the redheaded stepchild of my cookie. It's like the last one that gets picked for the team when it's on the when it's in the case. I make I do make I you know what? I do make oatmeal raisin, but we soak the raisins in fireball because it's fun. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> this thing that you have in your in you know in your in your purse yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like text me I'll come eat all the oatmeal raisin cookies <laughs> if you need somebody to come and eat all the oatmeal raisin cookies I will gladly do that you know I, I'll be the taste tester it's it's our healthiest cookie when we do make it well we do really? have, we do have a dill pickle cookie coming in in oh yeah. you missed it you guys missed it I had that dill pickle has anybody had the uh, dill pickle pi- uh, pizza we're gonna go look for that today right fun. How could you do that? Come on now. I had some earlier. You should have tried it. Joe Anderson, yeah. Mr. Fun, just hiding out there like I'm not going to notice him. Like I'm not going to ra- You look the same. You look good, man. <laughs> what were you going to say? You got a cookie coming. Yeah, dill pickle cookie is coming. But dill pickle is very on trend right now. But we make it specifically for the Bloody Mary Festival. So the dill pickle cookie pairs awesome with Bloody Mary's. Hey, Tina, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. All right, great. Tina Brexing, T-Rex Cookies, joining us here at the, uh, the Minnesota State Fair. All right, uh, we'll take a break, uh, take another look at the local weather with Paul Douglas, and we'll get into headlines, a regular segment here on The Lake Show. Presents today's headlines. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show here at the Minnesota State Fair here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, before we get into this uh, next segment, which we call Headlines, where a lot of headlines that Jonathan Lowe will go through, and I'll react to those headlines of the day. A quick update Huntington uh, Bank Stadium, the Golden Gophers lead New Mexico State 7 0. And they are driving there at the five-yard line looking to get another touchdown here. I think it's going to be a route, J-Lo. Sounds that way. Sounds like it's, that's going to be the case. 
But let's get into that. Let's get outside of sports. Let's get into some other headlines. How about that? I'm ready. Uh, local headline today, a legendary spot closes down for Maury Glover over at Fox 9. Even before the doors opened on Wednesday, customers were lining up for one last meal, one last story, and one last memory at a Bloomington institution. Ever since news got out that David Fong's was closing at the end of August, customers showed up in droves to say their goodbyes. It's finally starting to hit. This last week has been emotional, said owner Ed Fong. I just can't seem to stop that part of it. It's meant a lot to not just uh, not just me, but also to my family. Ed Fong has been running the family's restaurant for 50, uh, 40 years, but earlier this summer he decided to call it quits. Fong was just two months old in 1958 when his parents, following in the footsteps of his grandfather and grand, great-grandfather, who owned the Moy Cafe in North Minneapolis, opened a small takeout restaurant near 98th and Lindale. Eight years later, they built a full-service restaurant a few blocks away with one of the first liquor licenses in Bloomington. With its iconic design and traditional decor, it quickly became a local landmark and allowed the Fong family to share some of its Chinese culture with a fast-growing suburb. There are two other restaurants run by Ed's brother and sister in Savage and Prior Lake that will continue to keep Fong's legacy and recipes alive. Yeah, but the Bloomington location, that's an end of an era. Um, it is no longer. David Fong's, i got to be honest with you, I can't recall ever going. I think I went once. You, you went once. I think I went so you, ma- so you made it there. And, and this is the thing about it. When I heard the news about they were, it was going to close down, I said, i got to get there once, right? And, of course, I'm not paying attention. And before you know it, they closed their doors. Well, I think it was yesterday, right? Yes, yesterday was the last day. Yep. So I didn't make it. But uh, you know what? They got a couple of other places, different locations open, but I'll never make it to that Bloomington location. Yeah. I see you, Rich, from Lake City. I see Rich from Lake City. He's trying to get some cookies from the ladies here in the crowd. Oh, good. Oh, look at him. He's working the room. Nice, nice. <laughs> Let's go to the national headlines. Same funny places. New funny faces. More big, ch- and this is from Paul uh, Patrick Ryan of USA Today. More big changes are coming to NBC's Saturday Night Live. As a long-running sketch comedy series embarks on its 48th season, USA Today has learned that cast members Alex Moffat, Melissa Villasenor, and Aristotle uh, Atari will not or won't be t- returning to the show this fall. Moffat and Villasenor both joined the show as feature players in 2016 and were promoted to main players in 2018. Atari just finished his first season on the show. The news comes just three months after A.D. Bryant, Kate McKinnon, Pete Davidson, and Kyle Mooney confirmed their exits during the season 47 finale in May. Executive producer Lauren Michaels made the changes as he auditions potential new cast members this week to join the show when it returns in early October. It's believed to be the biggest cast shakeup since 1985 following Michael's return to the show after a five-year absence when nearly all of the cast was replaced, including Billy Crystal and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. All right, so I got to tell you, Jonathan, I don't watch Saturday Night Live like that anymore. Like, it's been years since I watched it all the time. And when, I, when I'm talking about years, I'm talking about back when I was a little kid. Yeah. Back in... When Eddie Murphy was a part of SNL. Yeah. Back when John Belushi was a part of SNL. Like, that, those are the go to years. I mean, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, that was when Saturday Night... You're never going to go back to that. It'll never be as popular as that. I now, don't believe so, but but again, it is closing in on 50 years. It is. Be, be, oh, it's still going to be a thing. Yeah. It's still going to be a thing. I just... I personally don't watch SNL like I used to 20, 30 years ago. Okay. 
Understandable. And do you I, watch it? I don't. I I got I got people that do. I know people that do that watch it religiously. I haven't watched it religiously for a long I've time. I've seen more videos and photographs of Pete Davidson dating Kim Kardashian <laughs> than I have seen of him be on <laughs> SNL. I'm being I'm being serious. Yeah. I just yeah. don't watch it like that. Uh, that's a sore subject a little bit. It's a sore subject? Too For soon. who? For who? Kanye? <laughs> too soon. Kanye's too the soon. bitter one. Yeah. A uh, business headline from windfall whoopsie to courtroom drama from Mackenzie Sigalos of CNBC. It took seven months for the Matt Damon endorsed Crypto.com to realize that it accidentally sent $10.5 million Australian dollars, which is about $7.1 million in today's exchange rate, to a woman in Australia instead of the $100 Australian dollar refund she requested. Whoa. Now the cryptocurrency trading platform is going after the Melbourne-based... I'm going to get this wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Re- repeat the number real quick for me. $7.1 million dollars in today's rate when she was owed a hundred Australian dollars. <laughs> so uh, the, the this woman and her sister That's I'm, a nice I'm, trade-off. I'm not even gonna say their names. We're gonna butcher them. Uh, they're trying to the crypto.com is trying to retrieve the money along with ten percent interest and legal fees. Court documents show that in May 2021 an employee for the Singapore-based trading platform mistakenly entered an account number into the pay, an account number into the payment uh, payment area field. Uh, crypto.com realized its mistake when it sent the, this woman millions of dollars in December of 2021 when it was conducting a routine audit. The woman in question that received the money has already spent $1.35 million of it <laughs> on, pro- on a property. I mean, how do they get that money back? I don't know. Seven mo- It took them seven months to even realize it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> did you really need it if it was going that long? Well, yeah, you did. Well, yeah, you it, did because you came back home. Well, in in the terms of cryptocurrency, yeah, they probably do because cryptocurrency has taken a hit. It's taken year. a massive hit. Yes. All right, to the tech headline. Don't be so shellfish behind the wheel. This is from Monisha Ravasetti of CNET. When it comes to combating the climate crisis, it's promising that we've seen a recent push for electric vehicles. There's just one caveat. Like with all rechargeable products, the rise of electric vehicles is contingent on an uptick in battery making. Now, lithium-ion batteries are everywhere. In fact, you're probably holding one right now when it comes to your cell phone. They're also paired with uh, solar panels that collect sunlight for the eco-friendly power, and they and it might be taken a little bit away from that eco-friendly title when you have these lithium-ion batteries. Okay. Well, that one uh, person, uh, Liang, Liang Bing Hu, the director of University of Maryland's Center for Materials Innovation might have an interesting solution to the battery conundrum. Basically, batteries work off that negative-positive charge, and, yep. and it's that negative-positive charge in the materials that can be non-biodegradable. She might have a solution. They use something called, and I'm going to say this this way because kids' earmuffs, kitasin. It's not, it's not spelled that way. It's not pronounced that way, but the C-H-I-T, I'm just going to let that go to kit tonight oh i got you i got so, you kitison is a form of biodegradable material that can be used in these batteries kitison is a derivative found in kitatin kitatin has lots of sources including the cell walls of fungi the exocell the exoskeletons of crustaceans and squid pins but but the most abundant source of kitison according to who is located in the crustacean exoskeletons things like 
pinkish scrimp t- scrimp. I said scrimp. Man, what I said scrimp. What what's, what headline is this? Like you putting everybody to things like pinkish scrimp t- scrimp. I said scrimp. Man, what I said scrimp. What what's, what headline is this? Like you putting everybody to sleep, J Lo. Okay, okay, I'm just I'm, I'm getting to the point. I mean, Adams about to fall asleep. I mean, the young lady <laughs> with the Wisconsin Badger stuff. She about to fall. She's like, what what is this guy in the back talking about? I'm getting to the point here. Rich, what what's he doing? So, so these exoskeletons on crustaceans include pinkish shrimp tails, crimson lobster carapaces, and of course crab shells. So basically what they're saying is they're going to look into crab shells to pow- to power these batteries that may power your car. Ma'am, I'm with you. He's boring me too. Just d- I'd rather you read from the menu at Red Lobster than to go back to that story. <laughs> Come on. But think about it. The crab shells that you eat, that you eat and you throw away when you're out at Red Lobster. No, I'm hungry. So I want some places. lobster. They can, they can be used to power these batteries. And these pow- these batteries could power electric vehicles going forward. It's an interesting it's an interesting concept. Nerd alert! <laughs> you see the glasses on my face. I've been a nerd ever since I was born. I'm a nerd too, man. I ain't even mad at you. All right, that's gonna wrap up headlines. Coming up next in the final segment, we'll do word on the street. That's kind of our gossip segment. You find the likes of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, other people. We get to that next year on the Lake Show at the State Fair. All right, the final couple of minutes here on the Lake Show at the Minnesota State Fair. Thanks to everybody that came out a little bit earlier. My guy, Adam West, man. I see you, man. I see you. I see you. Hey, Jonathan Lowe, final couple of minutes. Let's get to word on the street, man. All right, let's start with the queen of tennis, Serena Williams. The book on her career is not closed yet. The tennis legend moved on in the U.S. Open on Wednesday night with a huge win and Tiger Woods was there to cheer it, cheer it on. Uh, Williams upset number two seed Annette Contevite in New York, dominating third set. And the 40-year-old looked to be in vintage form despite only playing a handful of times prior to the major tournament this season, this year. The crowd was packed with celebs for the evening, which many believed to be Serena's final match of her career. With Woods, Gigi Haddad, Spike Lee, Zendaya, uh, Jared Leto and more Craig going crazy after every point she won. No rush here, she said in a post-match interview. I'm loving this crowd. Oh, my goodness. It's really fantastic. So there's a little left in me. Williams, who said in early August that she would retire after the U.S. Open, which created a huge demand for celebrities and normies to catch her in final moments on the court. Uh, for Monday's match, Bill Clinton, Hugh Jackman, Mike Tyson were all in the crowd. Uh, and there should be more coming on Friday when she plays again tomorrow night. Get your popcorn ready. All right, so hold on, hold on, hold on. You just said all of that about the U.S. Open. You just talked about Tiger. You just talked about Spike Lee. You talked about uh, who else did you mention in there? Zendaya, Jared Leto. Yeah, Bill Clinton, all these people, Mike Tyson. You didn't even get to the controversy from last night. You mentioned all those names. Did you see the controversy last night? What was the controversy? The controversy was the ESPN announcers – they confuse Dion Ward for Gladys Knight. Oh, no. Oh, man. Dion, Everybody was talking about I saw that. Dion I can't Ward believe with, you didn't mention that. I, I I actually had it on, but I was talking to somebody <laughs> on the phone. I saw Dion Warwick, but I didn't have the sound on, so I didn't hear that. Dion Warwick and Gladys Knight, they don't look anything oh, alike. Oh, 
That's terrible. How do you do that? That's terrible. Chris Fowler, Chris Everett. Uh, I think it was John McEnroe on the call. That's oh, not gosh. good. Not good. That was not good. No. That was we go to do a Twitter search. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Trouble in Power Paradise. The TV family on the series Power. That new uh, rendition of Power is in full dysfunction. The two power stars are on the verge of coming to blows, and the infighting is keeping everyone on their toes when the cameras aren't rolling. Sources close to the unfolding drama say the problems between Power Book uh, 4 force actor Joseph Sikora and Power Book 2 ghost actor Gianni Paolo have been brewing long before Joseph, who plays Tommy, dropped a very public diss on Gianni. Sounds like uh, troubling in Hollywood. I gotta be honest. I ain't never watched Power. Man. I, I don't have. I don't have. I think it's on Stars. I don't have Stars, so I've never seen it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got Stars. I just never watched it. I heard it's. I heard it's really good. I just have never watched it. Yeah. You know, different stroke for different folks. Cops released photos of a couple suspected of engaging in a sex act at an A's game. I, oh boy. I, I I saw a headline on this. I didn't see the story. No arrests have been made in the case of a couple accused of engaging in a sex act. At an A's game earlier this month. According to cops, a couple of them is alleged to have committed the crime of a lewd act in public. If charged and convicted, each could face up to six months behind bars and a fine and or a fine up to $1,000. Police say they're still on the hunt for the suspects and are encouraging anyone with info on the two to reach out to the Oakland Police Department Special Victims Section. By the way, if you're wondering if the couple that appeared to be getting it on at the Blue Jays game earlier this week is facing a similar fate, Toronto police say there's currently no investigation into that matter. They don't care. Now, I'm not advocating for people to go to games and, you know, do a little something-something. I'm not not saying to that, right? But no one's going to the Oakland A's games. No one. No. And and I saw that they were And then you you see the next game, they had security up in that section. Yeah. Yeah, because they were up way in the, in the nosebleed seats. Well, Shocker. like Chuck, uh, this is going to be a bad joke. Like Joe Buck said, or Jack Buck said, uh, go crazy, folks. Go crazy. <laughs> go crazy. Uh, Kanye, go crazy, folks. Kanye West is at war with Gap. The relationship between Kanye and the Gap has clearly hit some rough waters, with Ye taking shots at the retail giant for allegedly leaving him out of meetings and copying his designs. Ye's now gone off on the company in, for two days in a row, first announcing Tuesday Gap had held a meeting about me without me, then on Wednesday posting a text exchange with someone accusing Gap of copying Yeezy Gap engineered by uh, Balenciaga, Balenciaga's designs on a standard Gap t-shirt. All right, so so let me cut through the chase with this. The In look, full transparency, I don't like Kanye West. I'm not a fan. I've been I've been off of Kanye for years. He started off outstanding hip hop artist. His first couple albums, he's been tripping for years. But take that away. This is nothing to do with bias. That is some of the worst clothing I've ever seen in my life. That Gap stuff, the Yeezy stuff, I'm not a fan at all. At that, all. That's it. We're on the street. We gotta go. All right, we gotta go. We're done. Wrapping up the show. Off tomorrow night uh, from the fair. Because I'll be doing Twins Baseball Final Pitch. But I'll see you guys on Monday, Labor Day, leading you up to Twins Baseball. Right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830-WCCO. It's the Lake Show at the State Fair.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.